When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I listen to this uh, podcast, the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. There's a Pfeiffer on it, Sean something or other. So funny. I love right. a Kirkcaldy accent. i got yeah. past with Kirkcaldy. Right, yeah. Just cracks me up hearing them. Welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. Have we got a Barry Muckle show for you today, Ken? I'm not going to be able to keep this up for the whole podcast. My name's Craig Kearns and I've got two beautiful gentlemen with me, neither of which are Sean something or other. I have Andy Harrow. Hiya. And I have Craig Anderson. Hello. And today we're going to spend, I'm not even brief these guys on what we're going to do. I guess what we'll do is we'll spend um, an extended part of the show in the cup final and then we'll run through the... um, the, the Premiership games from the weekend as well. So we're going to start with probably the least surprising result of the weekend, and that was Celtic winning their seventh title in a row under uh, Brendan Rodgers. And I mean, yeah, it was it was deserved in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, sort of looking at each other to see who's going to go first. It was deserved. The Aberdeen put up a decent showing and it was one of those finals that Aberdeen finals have kind of fallen into the winds where they've done quite well and come away slightly valiant losers or have been completely trounced and never turned up in it, fell into the, the first category. But Celtic were the better team. They kept Aberdeen at arm's length and largely because Aberdeen didn't really have anyone that could threaten them. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty easy day for the defence, but they were pretty much in control for the vast majority of it. They weren't, they weren't anywhere near their best, and not, they weren't anywhere near as good as they have been over recent weeks, but I don't think anyone could really argue with the result. I would, I would say part of the reason they weren't at their best was probably down to Aberdeen. Mm. I thought it, it was a pretty good performance from Aberdeen. Um, compared to the semi-final, compared to the quarter-final, I thought they were miles better in terms of actually 
Like, like defensively, they were very good in both of those games, but actually, yesterday, they actually turned up as an attacking force as well. McGinn and Mackay Steven, I thought both were very good when they got the kind of time on the ball. Ferguson had a good game in the midfield, and they did look like they were actually threatening Celtic in some way, and it was not threatening them to the extent that you were kind of, you know, they were battering mm-hmm. the doors down for, to try and score, but they, they were at least causing Celtic a problem, which is more than they, more than they did essentially in either of those previous games and so I think they're I would suspect their fans will go away thinking you know, I know a bit annoyed that they didn't win but probably reasonably proud of their team in terms of the performance they put in well, well they maybe just be a little bit still a little bit disappointed that it's another final against Celtic that they, they haven't won I mean I, I don't think it should distract from how <coughs> big an achievement it is for McInnes to reach this many these this many finals I mean that's, a, that's an achievement in and of itself but it must still really irk the Aberdeen yeah. fans that they just can't get over the line and just yeah. one of them they would obviously switch one of these league um, one of the few league victories they've had to uh, for one of these cup finals you, instead you think almost by a lot of averages that at some point they're going to win one of these games and it's just not happened and they're, they're, they are unlucky in the sense that they've they've always been up against it one of the yeah, best Celtic teams normally you would at some point get yeah, a final yeah, against yeah. like Mulgrew or other yeah. teams and if they had had the Celtic the Celtic of two months ago then yeah, they exactly. got much more yeah. of a chance yeah. in that game as well it, you're always worried about Aberdeen that they aren't going to turn up and that that has been the problem in the past that they've gone into finals and they've just not been there they've not competed in any way and Celtic have cruised to victory and you've seen it in semi-finals before from Aberdeen you would say at least this time that are you know to beat Rangers in the semi-final is pretty big and the, the, the kind of tag of Butlers they kind of put that to bed a wee bit and it, the fact that they've got to all these finals I mean that they obviously haven't won they've not got to that final stage but when you look back over it that's still a pretty incredible record all these kind of potent knockout tournaments that they've had they could have got knocked out so easily and so many of them and they've had such a consistent record and them is still pretty impressive obviously you know when people look back in 20 years time they'll still see that there's no trophy one but yeah it just you, you maybe wonder as an Aberdeen fan if you've missed your chance I mean I guess they probably thought that the last few times but you can't guarantee unlike Celtic that you're going to get to a final again anytime well, soon you look at the league table in the previous two years Aberdeen were, were without doubt the second best team in the mm-hmm. league I think you can probably say that they're not <laughs> this year and so you're getting you know you expect them to get to cup finals when they're second best and they you know, they've got a good chance, but now when they come up against probably five or six teams, they might not even be favourites in a game where they would have been before. So you're right, like they might not have many more chances and there there will be a, a big sense of disappointment. I think that, that although they played well, they probably didn't actually create a huge number of chances. I mean, you've got Scott Bain in goals who... Um, Simeonovic came closest. Yeah, no, he did, he did, exactly. Because Bain, Bain wasn't tested much and you would want to actually, um, as Graham would keep saying, um, he keeps expecting Bain to get found out as such. He won't get found out if you don't make him make mm-hmm. a save. Yeah, I mean, I was going to make a similar point to what you said there, um, combine what you said earlier, actually, that the um, McInnes was blatant... Uh, before and after the game that they wanted to stay in the game and give themselves a chance so they weren't going to overcommit. Um, he, he went man-marking like he always does against Celtic and it worked for large parts. They just switched off a little bit for that goal, Shinny. You do wonder whether the incident that just happened with GMS just kind of it's, it's messed with his focus a little bit. And like you say as well, um, 
Aberdeen aren't the second best team in the country at the moment yet that's one of the better performances they put in against Celtic in a final uh, I think maybe with the exception of the one where they became they came within a square ball with going ahead yeah. in that one with McLean and, and, uh, and Johnny Hayes but beyond that it's one of the better performances they've put in but they were just a bit they were just a bit impotent uh, when it came to their attack. It doesn't help that the, the part of the reason that their performance was so and it's, it's this paradox in football. Part of the reason their performance was so good was the presence that Cosgrove had at centre forward. The fact that he, he roughed up both good defenders for Celtic, but it did mean that he's just he's just not a, he's not a good footballer. So you're not creating any chances. He doesn't take up good positions. As a they were trying to gain territory from him, but I mean, I, they may as well have played him than. Well, exactly. At least he had a game plan based around him, whereas the other two haven't shown any reason why they're going to find the net in a cup final. Yeah. So. I, I think you maybe look back at that Burnley performance that, or the performances that Cosgrove put in as somebody who is able to lead the line to some degree and allowed the other players behind them the opportunity to create and a, a bit of space and a bit of time. It didn't, it didn't really work because, like you say, Cosgrove's movement was terrible. He was There was a win attack in the first half where... Um, was it McGinn kind of broke through and he squared the pass um, at the edge of the box to Cosgrove and he was on his heels like if he'd been anticipating the pass then he would have maybe been able to turn towards goal but instead he had to kind of turn backwards and the uh, chance kind of went so I didn't, I didn't think it had a good game but as you say the, the, they were always going to be limited in that whoever they picked May has been never really been in form Wilson looks he started to show it a bit a few weeks ago but again without scoring yeah. goals and I just think I think the, the change you obviously put Wilson on because you're at the point you're 1-0 down and Wilson's more likely to make something happen uh-huh. but he's a much more variable player May is consistent will work hard won't necessarily score but what you got from Wilson was what you get 90% of the time from 10% of the time you get you know, a, a piece of magic, a goal, something that, you know, he banged one in for 40 yards, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scored with his first touch, pretty much, um, for Aberdeen as well. But what you got, I I was hugely disappointed with him in terms of, you know, the fresh legs that's come on up front, and there were three or four times where he didn't chase. There was that incident, even at the end of the game, when Bain was wasting time with the ball at his feet, and it's Andrew Considine that's having to mm-hmm. chase and harry him. The guy has had a brutal game at centre-half, you know, he's had to... Yeah. run after Edward all day he's been thrown at the centre forward and he's the one doing the chasing when you've got a guy that's been on the park for 10 minutes not he, not putting a shift in he's not that fit is he just till January or is he the end, end of the season he'll do because I would I would reckon either either way I'm not convinced that McInnes would take him back I'm on the basis sure, of that like, I'm not sure Man United would be in a rush would, no. would, would, would have put January in there anyway no, we should probably sure. move on to Celtic in the end, it was them that won it. Um, Christie's obvi- the obvious one that we want to highlight here. Um, what what a couple of months he's had. He's gone from pretty much looking like he's going at the door, Celtic, to uh, becoming a Scotland international. Well, ever ever since he was brought on at half-time against Hearts in the semi-final, turned the game, I say turned the game, but it wasn't really in Hearts' favour. He came on and was involved in the three goals that Celtic scored in a thoroughly dominant second half. Um He's gone on to set up Edward for the goal against Leipzig, which has given them a, a fighting chance of going through that group. He's made his Scotland, not debut, sorry, but he's made, I think, his competitive debut. Well. Uh, and has got, um, he's, he's put in crucial performances that. He set up um, Forrest for one of the goals there. And then 
puts on a man in match performance and scores a winning goal in a Scottish Cup final. It's been quite a quite a rise for him. And he's like he's I mean he's a really good player, but he, I mean I thought when he came through at Inverness he was fantastic and I would really like loved watching him play. But then at Aberdeen last year, I mean the first first most well at Aberdeen I thought he was fine, but the second time around I thought he maybe lost his spark a little bit. And so because I, I don't think he was particularly good at Aberdeen last year, but this thing, I mean he's just now he's now kind of put that. As they kind of were talking about the early to a few things on the commentary, you got Scott Brown and Olivier and Cham sitting on the bench mm-hmm. and can't get in the team because of the form of, of him together with, with McGregor um, in there. Which lifted the whole team, which yeah. has brought them to the performance level that they're showing now. I mean, whether by accident or yeah. uh, whether uh, by design, that's that that's the midfield three that seems to have kind of kick-started them from winning games 1-0 to, to, to smashing teams, yeah. pretty much. I think one with the thing, exception of this game. I, I think one thing that when we look back and whenever Rogers goes, one thing I would think that he can pretty fairly argue is that he's brought on a lot of young players and developed them. And I think again, whether he was of a, he was forced into playing Christie yeah. and he was to a degree because of the number of injuries. But he's obviously shown an, enough in him, uh, he's seen enough in him, and he's given him enough confidence that he's gone there. And, and he's, he's also trusted him, like he could have brought Brown back in today, for instance, or yesterday. Um, he could have brought in Cham in, but he chose not to, kind of chose to trust McGregor and Christie, who have been doing the business for them. So, and and he's, he has shown that over that time that if the player's good enough, he has allowed them to play, and it doesn't matter if they're. From in, or whatever. Yeah, and it's actually you look down the team lineup. I was looking at this yesterday, and I looked at the team lineups from the Rangers Hearts game that was on earlier. And I think there were only five Scottish players started that game across both teams. But then you look at the Celtic team, and, and it's packed with Scot- Scottish mm. players. It's, it's something that would be very tempting. You think of Martin O'Neill's Celtic team, mm. and um, looking McNamara played some games, and Paul Lambert played some games, and then Maloney was on the fringes of it but mainly didn't have many Scottish players but you look down at Celtic team now and there are several that are, are in the team you know and that are regulars you know you think of Gordon okay he wasn't playing yesterday Tierney McGregor now Christie Forrest are all playing pretty much every week and then you also can go to guys like Jack Henry who's given a lot of chances to considering he's maybe not been great since he came in and there's been a lot like that and so as much as I have a lot of things I don't like about Rodgers, I think he has helped develop Scottish players and he's helped the Scotland team ultimately by coming up here and what, what he's done with those players. He'll get out from before him as well. He's certainly been a lot better at developing players than he has signing players. Yeah, he's yeah, had a few successes yeah, yeah. in his signings, there's no doubt about it that. Is. But um, there's quite a lot of his signings that haven't felt in it. And maybe if some of them had have... Um, lived up to expectation there maybe wouldn't have been as much game time for these Scottish players well, that you're listening it's probably true but it's curious because um, Dyla came in and he was the one that had the kind of reputation of um, you know trusting the young mm-hmm. players but he was the one that ended up with all your Carrollton Coles mm-hmm. and Colin Kasim Richards and all that nonsense because he, he obviously didn't trust the young players that he had but then he's kind of been made a mockery of when you see the, the quality that um, Rodgers has managed to get out of him yeah he said there was, a, there was an article actually they had an interview in the Times during the weekend where Dyla said, or he was asked whether or not um, Rogers, you know, improving these guys actually reflected badly on him. He said, no, I mean, it reflects well on me because I've brought all these guys in, but obviously it hasn't. Like, um, I mean, I, I think just at the game, I mean, we talked about the fact that Celtic 
probably one of the best games Aberdeen played well. So, for instance, Tierney didn't have a particularly special game because Max Lowe had a really great game for, for Aberdeen. Um, and Edward was quiet because the centre halves actually were pretty effective as Constantine well. Constantine just followed him everywhere. They basically yeah. left me kind of free at the back and Constantine yeah. just followed because there was points where he was at the centre circle with him and things like that. Yeah. But, and, it, and they kind of did play a bit within themselves, Celtic, but they just never, even, even if they hadn't scored that goal from Christie, just never thought they were going to lose it. One way or another, either they. Because they'd never looked like they were going to concede, and Benkovic and Bayata together made so much of a difference, you just felt at some point they were going to get a goal from a free kick or a break of the ball. Or, and it, as you say, that's kind of what happened. I do actually think that that collision probably played some part in it. I kind of had a feeling there was going to be a somebody would score in that period after the injury because when you're you're so focused on the game, and then you have to take. 10 minutes out and Aberdeen players look pretty shaken Shinny especially Shinny was the main one closest to it yeah, it yeah, yeah. he was the main one waving them on because they were a bit sluggish on getting on the park the medical staff and Shinny yeah. was the one that was kind of mm. going crazy and they were so sluggish that the crowd started getting on their back I don't think I've ever seen the crowd get on the yeah. medical team's <laughs> back before um, and yeah I, I reckon Shinny's the kind of guy that would not allow that to be used as an excuse yeah, but no. you do wonder whether he did kind of switch off because I don't think Christie Christie had a decent game. I mean, Christie didn't break through the defence like that and yeah. unmarked at any other point. And there was only one point in the game when Rogic got free and hit the post. Other than that, he didn't uh, he didn't have any clear sights at goal. So I mean, overall, Aberdeen were very disciplined in their approach, and uh, as we've already pointed out, uh, limited Celtic's chances. But um, yeah, you just maybe it's just coincidence that that happened just after that incident. I think it it's concentration as well. Where I think that everything comes together in terms of being a top level player, and it's not just about being better at football because there are several of those Aberdeen players that you look at both of those in midfield, Shinny and Ferguson, would compete for places in the Celtic midfield in terms of ability. But sometimes what what is is an extra bit of a kind of mental side of the game, and maybe Shinny just switched off in a way that the Celtic players don't like concentration and you see it with Celtic and they go in Europe mm-hmm. and they, they, they come up against teams sometimes yeah. where they just switch off and concede a stupid goal and it was a bit like that it's just that little margin that makes all the difference um, because I actually thought as you said Shinny and Ferguson I thought were both excellent um, in, in general through the game but the goal to, yeah they'll be, they'll be fuming to concede a goal of that style because they weren't carved open you know it was, that, it was a big diagonal ball towards and, the end when they were um, chasing the game a little bit McGregor got free because Aberdeen changed their shape and McGregor had been quiet up to that point because Ferguson basically been following him everywhere um, right we should just talk about a couple of the, the decisions before we move on um, the collision that we've been talking about somebody on the group chat mentioned that maybe should have been a penalty what are people's thoughts on that? Craig yeah, well, Fowler said that I, I, can't, I have to say when I watched it live it, it didn't kind of go through my head so maybe that's a penalty or anything it, you can see where he's coming from because the ball the cross comes in and Boyata um, comes to attack it from behind Mackay Stephen and, and does clatter into him and Mackay Stephen is the one that gets to the ball I think you could easily make an argument for that, but it, it is something you just never see given. You, you, and now, whether that's right or wrong, you literally you you never see a penalty given for an incident like that. It just doesn't happen. Like um, like similarly, like when you get your shot away, but then you get absolutely clattered something, because you've got your shot away. Something very similar happened in the second half, I think, actually, to a Celtic player. It was maybe. Um, Either Lustig or Forrest on the right wing just outside the box. It's very similar, put a cross in and got absolutely But because you get it away for some reason, um, it's not. But 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's what I said. It, it could by you're not wrong to argue it potentially should be a penalty, but you just don't see them given. And yeah, the other one. I mean, I don't think we need to spend much time on this, to be honest. But the penalty that was given for Celtic was a bit was a bit ridiculous. Uh, a ridiculous one. Sorry. Aye, it was just baffling like, on a number of levels <laughs> why he gave that penalty. There, there was any number of reasons you could have given for uh, why he got that wrong. Um, and, it, and it was good that, I mean, as I said, I can say, Billy, it was really good that he saved it because at least it meant that in terms of the narrative of the, the event that it, it, wasn't, it didn't colour it too much. It happened last season, didn't it? Yeah. Was it last season? Yeah, 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 yeah. a year ago, yeah. the keep pre one. Yeah. Um, Sinclair involved again, but I suppose Sinclair was involved in the decision this time and not the, not, not the team. The, um, the, the thing with that I can't, I can't understand is, is how that decision gets gets me because it probably requires two people to be wrong. It requires Dallas to be wrong, which he was regularly through the game, and it requires the assistant um, on the the near side. He's the one who's placed to tell if that's in the box or not in the box. And either Dallas ignores him or doesn't seek his advice, or he also thinks that that contact with the, the hand... Well, I don't think it was a handball anyway, because it was headed onto his arm. Yeah, it was that wasn't in the box either and so uh, usually the referee will kind of err on the side of not giving a penalty if he's not sure so he must have been pretty certain it was in the box but just touching on Dallas more generally like my problem with him all the time it's not about his ability as a referee I don't think he's too bad at decision making in general to go that one on it's his attitude his attitude is atrocious with <laughs> the player did you see when as as comes on, Dominic Ball um, motioned for a yellow card which you're not supposed to do and then I think he accidentally kind of caught yeah. Dallas with his shoulder at the same time <laughs> the look on Dallas's face the ball, ball that that was a nice vignette running through from just after the penalty until that like <laughs> Balls like um, running with Dallas, and it was kind of ongoing. Like you know, he was always fuming about the decision, and he got he kind of got on, and then everything. And then there was an incident when Celtic broke clear, and he went and pulled someone back, and then he said, "No, I've just been broke. And the whole thing." Was but but it, it come back. If you remember back to the, I can't remember which game it was. Maybe an Edinburgh derby last season when there was that picture of Dallas like yelling in Harry Cochrane's face, like a sixteen-year-old boy, and you're like you know trying to be trying to act the big man, and it's like. He does it from the first minute of the game, and I suspect there are a lot of referees that the players generally are like, ah, he's alright, and I suspect mm-hmm. that they, they will absolutely hate Andrew Dallas, and I suspect that they won't respect him as a referee because of the way he behaves on the mm-hmm. park, and I think it's something that they can be un- you know, underlooked in terms of the game was quite fractious, and the referee can play a part, and I know of course Aberdeen are out to make it that way anyway, but... Just, just the way he handled himself through the game, I thought was 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 pretty poor. Well, from one refereeing performance to another one, I was going to say that we could touch on the sorry the um, stuff at the end as well with. Um, oh, sorry, good show. Um, yeah, yeah. Ferguson and just reading Craig's link. I know. Like, I'll, I'll, just I'll, again, I'll, just I'll set you up for it again. Don't worry, about it, all right. <laughs> We're all good. Um, I'll, think, I'll, think, uh, I'll think of something else. Um, <laughs> but just like uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard one to judge, but. What Lustig did with Ferguson at the end, I, I found a bit out of order. Uh, yeah, it comes across as a bit kind of smarmy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and yeah. I don't know whether that's just because it's the character of the person or some people can get away with it. Because Scott Brown can do that kind of thing, but he's got that kind of, I'm just, Cheeky, I'm just, just, I'm just messing with you kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas maybe some people don't have the personality to yeah, pull off. Yeah. Either way, it was a bit, it, it, yeah, it left a bit of a bad taste because... It's, 
Celtic had won the cup. What are you? What, what are you trying to achieve? I think it's how you. I don't think Ferguson. Sorry, to interrupt. But I don't think Ferguson's age has got anything to do with it, which seems to be getting pointed out. Mm-hmm. I don't think. No, nah, I mean, really... no. I think it's the. It's just a kind of insight into the psyche there for some for someone like Lustig. Like these trophies essentially don't mean anything to them. It's. Like, I mean, when you've won so many things, essentially you're more interested. Winding folk up. Yeah, winding folk up. It's like all all he cared about there was. Haha, you're not winning this, and it, and it just it just came across very bad. It was that kind of lack of class, I thought, from a player who we know does lack class. So it wasn't really surprising, um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I thought it was it was interesting to see McInnes on the park at the end, um, yeah, kind of having a lengthy it. discussion with him. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think um, Scottish football will be sad to see the back of Lustig when he does leave. It's just, <laughs> one of the most decorated foreigners ever in this country. <laughs> right, we're going to move on from there. Uh, after, and on to the next game, and who would have thought it after all this time, after all that pressure and all that doubt about whether they could or not, Hearts finally scored a goal. Mm. Right, okay. No, Rangers <laughs> went to the top of the league after coming from behind at uh, Tynecastle. Uh, yeah, this as a Hearts fan, this was an immensely frustrating game. Um, I thought Hearts started very well. First thirty minutes, they were they were really good, um, and then they just they just absolutely fell apart, and they just barely created a chance afterwards. But rather than me go on some sort of rant, I think you guys should give some objective opinion on it. No, I mean I, I would generally agree in terms of the tone of the the game at Hearts. We're kind of buoyed by the atmosphere at Tynecastle and the fact that they were obviously up, enjoyed the kind of big match atmosphere of it. Um, and they thought uh, they obviously looked confident. Rangers' away record's not great, so even though when you've not scored for a while, you kind of fancy your chances a bit. And they were great. I mean, the, the goal was so well worked, and that kind of uh, demonstrated the confidence that they had over that period, which was kind of. Then we showed how fragile it was later on. As soon as Rangers equalised, effectively it was gone, and they never really put anything like that together for the rest of the game. And the the kind of pressing that they did kind of disappeared. Rangers, it's a, it is a bit of a statement win in a way. Um, it's they weren't great in the first half for the large part of it, but they got back into the game, and obviously they were helped by refereeing decisions. Morelos got away with a, a few things over the course of the game, but. They were very comfortable second half. They never looked in any trouble. Um, they looked like if anything they were going to. Yeah, and yeah, at no point it was a bit some of the cup final later on. At no point did I think Hearts were going to score. There was no confidence even when they were lobbing balls into the box yeah. later on. Even at ten, ten yeah. men for the entire uh, period where Rangers played with ten men, they were the more likely yeah. to score. Yeah, so, to play with ten men. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, <laughs> but actually, that was an interesting because I actually forgot the got a sending off so early against Real because they didn't look like it at all and the midfield was the thing that swung it the, the midfield side to take control after Hearts went ahead and Hearts did shrink back a bit and it was kind of a bit of an issue from Hearts point of view but Rangers midfield started to be a bit more confident and, and they did they, they kind of bossed the remainder of the game um, yeah so I, I kind of can't, can't add much more in terms of, <laughs> of how, how Hearts played I just thought the we've seen it so much from them recently it's like they, they don't have any belief in their ability at all even when they went 1-0 up it, it was a really nice goal and they, they'd looked quite lively before that there have been some great passages of play they hadn't really tested McGregor apart from that one chance but um, there have been some nice passages of play but they had kind of come up short in the final third quite a lot but 
Yeah. And yeah, and they finally get that, and even when they just go to some of their own players, but um, literally from that moment on, they just contributed nothing to the game. Um, I don't want to single him out again, but clearly he just doesn't. He just doesn't look up to it at the moment now. Whether it's a, a lack of football, then you know he's, he's maybe forced to play more games than he should have done. But you've got Morrison sitting on the bench, and if Morrison was was really lively when he came on, and it just yeah, I just yeah, Levine, I, Levine, I thought I had a cheat coming out to be honest after the game and, and criticising the referee's performance because I think his team again it, it's fine to do that and occasionally. And he did always have some validity to what he said, but the refereeing performance was... Uh, it, it, there wasn't, a, apart from the goal, a blatant, glaring no. error that went against Hearts. You could think. maybe argue that Morelos could have been booked for mm-hmm. persistent foul. But then you're just... June could have sent off. Yeah. Should have got sent off. I think yeah. it had June from months ago when he did a very similar one. Oh, against um, his first game back. It just came on as a sub, um, yeah. It's just that kind of mentality that seeps in again. He just, I think you can maybe see why he hasn't won a trophy. Um, he just, <laughs> but it, I mean, it's a it's a loser mentality that he, he brings in. And when you start going out and talking, to like be that, fair, Mike McCurry did kind of mess up his best chance. <laughs> that was a weak game. Was that not was that not a cup game? That uh, was a weak game. Not two two. Not a, sorry, two one at Hamden. Where there was one goal oh, that was they, they, they cut off for offside. The League Cup final, yes, when Mark Kerr um, set off Chris Boyd. No, you're right, that was, that was, I was thinking of the game at um, Ibrox where he had a proper serious meltdown. Um, there was some he's he's done it plenty of times in his career. <laughs> at some point, take, he needs to take a bit of personal responsibility, which I think he failed to do after that game. Maybe he's trying to galvanise his squad or whatever, fair enough, but I just think... I, I, I thought he... He didn't really capture the mood of the game. It, it didn't feel like a game where hearts were robbed. It felt like a game where hearts were shit. Yeah, I mean the goal was offside, but um, I'm, that was a really bad decision. I'm not going to use that as some kind of excuse because I think it would be easier for me to sit here as a hearts fan and say we've been hard done by if we had gone at them having a tongue for the second half and just come up short and just not managed mm-hmm. to get get a goal. But the fact that hearts didn't even force McGregor into a save. I don't think you can look at that one decision and say that's why Hearts lost the game. Um, Rangers' performance overall was pretty good, though. I think, uh, especially after they went down to 10 men, they did what they've done so often this season, where they've, they've, they've done well and managed the game well with 10 men. Uh, Gerrard seems to know instantly which uh, player to bring off and, and how to set up how to set up his team so he still gets the same out of them both in a defending and attacking sense when they're being reduced to 10 men and yeah I think I think it showed great mentality because you could have easily looked at that fixture and thought not just because of their poor away form so far but you could have looked at that fixture and thought there's pressure on them because they can go top of the league and if they don't then it's just oh it's just Rangers aren't back yet or whatever kind of criticism would get thrown at them but to go 1-0 down and then to still dig it out like that um, I thought I thought it showed great character from them, and and I, don't, I think Gerard just says all the right things when he's in front of the media as well. And I, I, he just he just seems like he's he's doing a very good job at the moment. Scott Arfield almost <laughs> fucked that up for them. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that Gerard keeps going on and about is the discipline. He doesn't shy away from the fact that he he admits that some of the decisions they've had have been wrong, wrongly given against them, but he still. 
he still doesn't shirk the fact that his team are undisciplined at times and that was just another instance of it. It, it was a crazy decision yeah. from Arfield. They've, they've got by with it because I think most of those games so they have lost players they, they've got they've come out with the result and the Aberdeen was maybe the exception where they kind of mm-hmm. eventually conceded in the last minute but Rufa in Russia they went down in nine and they played really well with that situation Mid- Villarreal midweek they, they battled on through the red cards um, obviously St Mirren was right at the end it didn't, didn't affect the game but again yesterday they got the man sent off what the, what the hell Arfield's playing at? Like, I mean, there's not. I don't. I don't think you can make an argument that he was trying to put the ball in the net. He saw the chance to put one in, put one on the goalkeeper, and he took it. And he thought he was hoping he would get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was there was too much of a gap between that ball being loose and him flinging himself in. And, and I think the fact that the the only person I saw defending him strangely was the. Like at least put your name on it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that I don't understand what this BT Sport referee thing is. Tell us who it is. Yeah. We we want to do an Alan McCoy, yeah. we want to know who these It's people like are. they're trying to do the same thing as they do with English football where they go to Graham yeah. Paul or something, yeah, but they've not actually shown or yeah. we're not hearing from the guy. It's not even an audio of the guy explaining yeah. why yeah. or anything. I wonder if yeah. it must be an ex ref, I guess. Yeah, someone that doesn't they usually are. Want, want to be Oh well yeah, I suppose, but somebody who obviously doesn't want to undermining the the referees. But it was uh, yeah, I don't I mean I saw a Rangers fan saying it was a no more than a yellow as well, but like, but he's gone in. It, it is that it is that fact that there's like one or two seconds where Zamal's got his hand on the ball and it's everything else is kind of dead around it, and he charges in. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't think. And actually, the most surprising thing was that he gets sent off for it. I kind of half expected the referee just to book him and just kind of fudge it a bit, but he actually he was pretty confident about it. Right. Yeah. One other thing that was never in doubt was Kilmarnock's victory at the weekend over Hibernia. because of Hibs, but... <laughs> but yeah, we'll get to that as well. But um, it, they were sent well on their way by uh, Eamon Brophy netting a brace. Yeah, they, they, he did net a brace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, a fantastic performance from Kelly. They were very much helped by, by the way Hibs set up, but... In terms of a complete performance, you look from, I was going to say from 1 to 11, almost nobody from 1 to 11 was playing, but you look at all the players that were on the park, and they were, um, they were fantastic to a man. Um, uh, you could say apart from Bachman, because he had nothing to do, but um, what he did have Even to still, do, he, he, cut, did, he, did he well. cut a cutback from Horgan, and yeah, I know he slowed the game down a bit in the second half, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right, he didn't have much to do beyond that. The... the I mean the performance. Of the, I, I, I felt I felt I felt a bit bad for Rory McKenzie because I was about to say the attacking three, and they said the attacking three on um, sports team last night as well. And they said oh, poor Rory had a really good game as well, but he's kind of uh, overshadowed by by the performance of Joan Stewart and Brophy, who were all excellent. I, I mean Greg Stewart, I think in terms of a footballer, up there is the best. At, what the, season he's had? He's, the the bit with Milligan was. I mean. Should it, Milligan was kind of getting taken out of the back and shot after that. It's just uh, just bits of football like that are what you want to go and watch. And Stuart's a player that you just you just pay good money to watch. I think. Um, and, yeah, yeah, it's hard. His, yeah, his performance overall was great. Um, sets up the first goal. Um, does that bit of skill and then his finish at the end I mean the game's done by then anyway but he's, he's, he seems to love that little kind of dinked finish yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, on the other hand Hibs were 
Yeah, they're, they're kind of plumbing new decks. They, they set up. I mean, so they, they, you're looking at. I mean, as as the team came in, we were kind of baffled on the group chat and and various other places, like looking at what what they were going to set up with. But I still don't think anyone got what guessed what they did. No, they had Ambrose and holding with Ambrose, Ambrose in in the middle with with Milligan as well, who has also played at the back. So you're really talking mm-hmm. about essentially seven defenders plus Malin Boyle and Comberry, and. Malin was anonymous. Well, Malin's not done much for a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There was just no creativity, no creativity in the centre of that midfield. Oh, sorry, sorry, I was no, just, no, 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 just going to say Lennon. Uh, it was either Lennon or Parker who came out. Lennon did so. He came out and kind of said that they were they were playing for a that they were looking to start ne- negatively almost in terms of just try to keep it tight, which is not what you expect from Hibs and when you you know. When you look at the players that they've got, them going to Kilmarnock and, as you say, piling in loads of defenders and try to play for uh, a chance in the break is really... But it shows how fragile their confidence is at the moment. And also, it's just a kind of continual theme with him of nobody's sure how they're supposed to be playing. And Lennon doesn't seem to have a handle on it this season at all. And it was... um, If you're going to do that, like, conceding a goal in that manner... So early on as well, because it wasn't just that they conceded a goal, the the organisation from minute one wasn't there, they were all over the place, and you saw that they just got caught out by a quick throw, it was really quick thinking from just Jones, off. Yeah. Um, Stuart, Stuart made a good run, and, and nobody's picking up trophy, I think they showed Portis started with him and just... He's not having a good time of it at the moment, no, and I mean, he, the, the, three, the back three that started that game for Hibs were all very poor. Uh, so I don't mean to single him out for this game, but after a very good start to his Hibs career, he's he's had a little bit of a tough time recently. I can't remember was it uh, I can't remember if it was at Fault Friend or against Dundee, but definitely the game before that against Aberdeen, where yeah, he yeah. gave the ball away and then put a bit of a nothing challenge in for the only goal of the game and that. So he's, he's having a bit of a rough time at the moment. Clearly, he's still going to be a good player. I think. Yeah, no, you can see he's got a lot of those physical attributes, and you're like, no, you can see that that bit. It would be hard to single him out. I don't think there was a single player particularly played well for Hibs. I'd probably, I'd probably give Ambrose a pass because he was fine in that holding midfield. He was better when he went to right back. He was much better um, right back. And Horgan was pretty good, he was when, good he when he came, came on, on. Which I don't know why he hasn't started. And I, I know he, that but he's been a bit off the boil as well. I mean, that's a problem. Nobody's playing that well. No. Nobody's put any real form together. Their hands were tied a little bit with the injuries. I think yeah. you said during the week, Gray and Bartley were the latest casualties. Heinemann's been out for a couple of weeks. And... Uh, but still, someone like Horgan, you saw when he came on, he, he did more. He did more in the first yeah. couple of minutes than Hibbs had done the entire mm-hmm. as a team the entire half before that. Uh, we'll just finish on quick uh, Kelly again a little quickly. That's um, that, that that's that wasn't grammatically correct. Um, one defeat in ten, yeah, and, and still hanging in there. And, with the and never really part of the conversation. No, the, and I'm happy, the top. happy for it to continue that way. Like. I've seen a few people starting to say, like, um, I don't know, with a couple of signings, Kelly can finish third. And I think even with the current squad, they're more, more than capable of it. There's not... I, I, think, I thought it was really interesting after the game, Clark, in his post-match interview, they kind of asked him about, you know, how they were doing. And he basically said, like, on a day, we can beat every team in this league. And now, obviously, that's apparent, because he has beaten every team in this league, apart from Livingston, who's only played once. But... I thought it was interesting for him to come out with that because he's always played it down a little bit but he's starting to obviously believe even more in this team and quite rightly so, to be honest. Um, they're just very good um, and, and it does come down a lot to his organisation but yeah, it, it's 
strange to come on here and, and be able to do that every week. But yeah, Joy have, will last. They, they, as I say, the biggest the biggest threat to Kelly was the floodlights and not hips because the first time it happened. Even Gary Parker said afterwards that that was their best chance. <laughs> you, yeah, the last twenty five minutes of the game after the second um, outage. You know, you're turning around looking at the clock, and I'm often doing that when Kelly are winning because I'm turning around looking at the clock thinking, are the other team going to score? I had absolutely no fear that Hibs were going to get back in the game. I was literally only worried that the lights were going to go out again and we weren't going to, you know, get to full time. So it was, it was a kind of sense of relief at full time when it did get there. But um, it was, yeah, just, just a tremendous performance. Um, Bluffy at home in midweek's a really big game because it would be very easy to kind of tumble into a wee, you know, a, a draw. And I think they need to build momentum because then they go to Celtic Park next week and it's a chance to potentially go top or at least go above Celtic. Right, we'll move on to the next game. Don't have a link for this one. Uh, it was at Sibirin... Oh, God, I forget what the name of this is. Digital Arena. Uh, and... Hamilton came away with a 3-1 victory. It's another game that I watched today. Hamilton were well worth the win. St Mirren started the game very well. Um, didn't really create too much, but they, they, they were certainly the better team for the opening 20 minutes or so. And then Hamilton hung in there. They defended They defended really well. The two centre-halves did well at the start of the game. Kilgallen was actually really good all the way through the game. Gordon was good up to the point where he started fouling people just to stop them from doing anything uh, until he was eventually substituted. But no, I mean, Hamilton, I was really impressed by the way they kept the ball, the way they knocked it around, and they they were well worth their win. Although it did come down, this game seemed to be a, a game of set pieces in the end, and that's where Hamilton's first two goals came from. Yeah, surprising thing is the set piece headed in by Doug Emery. That's the last person you'd expect to score a headed goal. Hamilton have actually got seven points in the last six games. I know the narrative always around Hamilton is that they'll go eight games without winning and then just pull off one against Rangers or you know Hearts or somebody. And that generally does happen. But they have actually, as far as Hamilton can put together a run, this is something of a run. I, I think they could take any of Hamilton's six games and they always have seven points for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I, think, I, I think they generally do worse. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at it, but I think in general, the fact is they've got two wins and one draw out of those six games and that for Hamilton seems like quite a lot in a short space of time. Well, that, think, their recent form along with Motherwell's has pretty much made it just a... Two, yeah. two, two cut adrift at the, the bottom now it looks like they're going to be fighting out for 11th and 12th it would seem yeah um, I, I thought for that for that, sorry for that Henry goal Erkohan on the line um, he's, he's come into the team and done really well but I think that's maybe just a sign of his kind of immaturity or a lack of experience and having to defend the back post like that because he's in that position to stop exactly that the ball wasn't flying into the corner he, it's going into the area that he's there to prevent there's no point in having someone on the line if they're not dealing with the ball that comes because he I think you saw me he was too close to the post you need to leave a gap between yourself and the post because that way if it goes a bit to you you know if you're on the right hand post and you go, it goes a bit to your right you've left that gap you're going to get across and block it but he was so close to the post they went a wee bit to his left and he couldn't get there and I think that's those moments you will learn from it and you probably won't do it again but it's those moments that can cost you um, in the big games yeah. and uh, Keaton's obviously had a big impact on it and the promoter yes <laughs> although he won't be doing that in this division obviously no. um, but yeah, I mean that goal was terrific that he scored I think he got the assist for the second as well didn't he or am I right in saying that the he put the corner in for the first one I think he, could, he maybe got two assists because yeah, he's ended up the corner in yeah, for the first it was a really good ball in for Gordon if it 
watch he had a very him. good game. He yes. was very lively. He played in the kind of he played in the number ten, uh, just behind Brustad, and yeah, he was very good. Even he, that he's got that in him though. He's always mm-hmm. had that in him, and uh, that kind of finish. Well, that's what <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite going to put it like that. But that's what I was going to say. He's always um, he's proven himself at Championship level over and over again. He's just never quite been at uh, Premiership level. But he looks like I mean Hamilton are the type of team he seems to be up to speed now and Hamilton are the type of team that will uh, take a punt on a player let you prove your fitness and then give you an extended run in the team like they did with the likes of Templeton and things like that so I mean it, it could be it could be a decent season for, for Keatings and it, and it doesn't matter he's not that consistent at that level but it doesn't matter for Hamilton they only need him to do that once every 10 goals or something yeah, yeah, and then, you know I mean, and then creating like he did yesterday yeah, as well yeah. Um, yeah like I said um there actually wasn't a lot in this game. St Mirren weren't terrible. They were terrible at set pieces. Uh, the crowd got on their back very quickly. Um, That's not like St Mirren. <laughs> and yeah, it was one of the booiest games I've listened to <laughs> or watched in a while. And I mean, yeah, Alfie, Alfie Jones actually looks pretty decent. Um, I know at the start of the season under Stubbs he didn't look very good at all but he looks very comfortable on the ball there was very often um, he would get the ball in defence and he would look for Jackson who was dropping into the centre circle to get the ball and they got a lot of joy from it Jackson was taking the ball and then finding a pass um, but then that started he faded out the game Jackson for one reason or another uh, the more it went on and then faded right out yeah, well I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> I about to say it looked like he started to get a bit frustrated and I think that's what kind of contributed to him getting sent off in the end because it wasn't one of those ones where he lunged in out of frustration and took it out on the player it wasn't a malicious challenge or anything the second booking but it was him chasing the ball just at, it was him trying too hard just after a touch not coming off or something like that which would be quite a miss for them because he's looked quite an effective player he, he, he works the channels quite well for them and, I don't know anything to add to, to, add to yeah, that no, I think uh, they're, they're, they're still in trouble they've always been in trouble and they're still in trouble Aye, it's, you, you have to kind of I know we all kind of predicted them pretty much we all predicted them to win this game and the, the predictors not that we've spent that much time thinking about it really but um, you have to be careful when a team gets one result not to kind of get carried away a bit because the, the form over a, a over a, a certain stretch of games is still pretty poor, and uh, as much as that win against Hearts was needed, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of back to square one, really. Um, another team that seemed to be back to square one is Motherwell, who, after a decent bit of form, kind of reverted to type a little bit, or have reverted to their early season form anyway, uh, with a kind of poor result at Livingston. Livingston though doing what they do best, throwing the ball into the box and putting it into the net, and then putting a corner into the box and heading it into the net. <laughs> they, they they keep like they, it kind of looks like their form is maybe slipping, but then they come out and they, they were know, bring it, yeah. it back again, and, and that's kind of really crucial for them. They, I mean, they're just a good team, and they've they've got players coming back now, and because um, they were still kind of. Not at full strength for, on Saturday. Um, like certainly what they had up front wasn't as, as good as it could have been, but they they're starting to bring players in and they're starting to they're still kind of pulling out all the results. And so you can't you can't argue with what they're doing. And it, it's, it's very hard. Wallace will be obviously quite pleased to 
get one over in Mullerwell, I guess, after he, he, I believe he started his career there, yeah, and, he um, and then was going to go to Party Thistle. Wallace. Uh, Lawless. No, Lawless. Lawless. Oh, Lawless. Oh, this is Lawless. Lawless. <laughs> That's why I was sitting looking confused. Yeah, sorry, my, my, tongue, my tongue's too big for my mouth. It's like Rick told me to get up here. Um, and, uh, no, he's... Um, yeah, who would place to get back with that goal? I think um, I think the goalkeeping was questionable for that from Gillespie. It kind of went through him a bit. He'd made a good save from Lawless yeah. not long before that, though. Um, and then opposite at the other end, some very good goalkeeping from Kelly. Now I think he maybe got a bit too much praise for the the final save because I think he, he he rescued himself from what would have been a blunder, the one that kind of went behind him. But in general, he, he played very well. He was kind of falling back yeah, when he saved yeah. it. Yeah. But it looked impressive, and the, even the first one, it was a foul. Uh, the the whistle had gone for a foul or something like that. I mean, he still made the same, yeah. and it was still impressive. He is, good, he is a very good keeper, and um, I think he, I think he probably could count himself unlucky not to have, have been considered for the Scotland squad um, last time out. And it was interesting. McFadden certainly was playing more committal about it, but certainly they seemed to, seemed to know who he was at least, which is a, a bonus. That's three clean sheets in a row for Backman as well. Does that mean yeah. he's going to get a Scotland call up, or um, he should get a Scotland um, call up? Mate, once once uh, Scotland annexes Austria, we can do that. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Jamie McDonald will still be in there. Um, second choice at Kelly, third choice at Scotland. <laughs> but um, no, I thought the yeah, timing I, of that yeah. was a bit curious. Yeah. Wasn't it? Um, nah, in will Obviously, um, Maguire was in this time around, so they they had to kind of change it up in the defence again, which probably didn't help them. But they were just like like Johnson, just looked like he was running about doing nothing up front. And, you know, you keep seeing bits from him where you're like, oh, maybe he's going to kind of be able to handle this step up. He obviously came from from a very low level of football um, at Gateshead, I think it was, and um, it's worked for Motherwell before. Yeah, it has, and and you keep seeing these glimmers from him, but then you see a performance like that, and you're like, mm, not sure about it, but. They just, they're, they're too good to get, probably to get sucked down to the, the teams below them, but I think you'll just see that they're, they're just not, uh, I'm reluctant to say because you never know them a little bit, and they don't look like they're close to being good enough to be really pushing teams like Levy for the top six, it doesn't, doesn't really appear so. Well, we'll just leave it there. We'll just leave it there, I think. I think we've covered all bases. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in and for your Time lending us your ears. We'll be, back again. Back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back again on Thursday. The guys in Edinburgh will be back then. Uh, but yeah, until then, you can get in contact with us all the usual channels Facebook and Twitter. Um, so leave us a comment on Instagram or uh, what's the last one? Email. Email. You can get us at uh, terracepodcast at gmail.com this isn't one of my better outros no I recommend the Patreon as well we and we're going to do the Patreon now we're going to do a quick more week roundup. Uh, followed and we're going to talk about the Scotland group yeah. the group that Scotland got uh, so yeah all that's left is for you guys to say goodbye cheerio bye Sports Social Podcast Network step into the world of power loyalty and luck I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply